welcome to Freaky Fauna Friday, where every Friday we take a little time and explore some of the freaks of nature from around the planet we cherish so deeply. So please, jump aboard and let's explore the wilds together. Hey, welcome back to Freaky Fauna Friday. I'm the great and strange Mr. E. Oh, strange. I'm just Jay, and it feels good to be back. This week is probably our freakiest fauna ever. Oh, now that's saying something. Yeah. It's all about nudie brinks. Nudie brinks. Nudies. Mm-hmm. Now... That's their nickname, right? Now, so, I used to, you know, I used to raise newts and salamanders, right? Right. So, in the community, like... Is this a, a nude? No. Okay. But there's... there's People that like these guys, too, that have shirts about them. So our shirts always said, send nudes. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. And th- they have the same kind of shirt that says, you know, send nudies. Send nudies. Yeah, so you're going to say the you're gonna say the name. This creature does not have a common name. So this is the is this a scientific name? Yes. Okay, Elysia Chlorotica. Yes, I'm going to call it the Garden Sea Slug. The Garden Sea Slug. Yeah, it doesn't have a hard, like, common name yet. Relatively new species that completely flipped our understanding of a lot of biology. Well, is this in the garden or is it in the sea? Yes. Oh, (laughs) good one. I mean, it is. So we're going to talk about this guy. The garden sea slug. If you haven't looked them up, they're extremely gorgeous nudibrank sea slugs. Now I need to look. I mean, they're vibrant green. Uh, They have big sail fins on each side. But they're commonly known as the eastern emerald elasia. Or the garden sea slug, as far as I'm going to go with. They're found along the east coast of the United States, as far north as Nova Scotia, Canada, as far as south as Florida. So these guys kind of pop up everywhere. Okay. They are found in salt water and tidal marshes, shallow creeks, pools, with depths of less than half a, or half a meter. The eastern sea slug is the most, uh, the most freshwater inclined to date. This one, this yeah. The, you said eastern. Yeah. Okay. This eastern version of this. Okay, of this one. Yeah. There's nudibranchs. Don't a lot of the, they're very complicated. They have some of the most extremely amazing forms of life on the planet in this family group. Yeah. But there's no common names, so I'm struggling to read everybody's name. Gotcha. I understand. These look like a like a like a swimming piece of lettuce. Yeah. I mean that's that's essentially what they are. Yeah. Uh, these legs can survive salinity levels ranging from nearly fresh water. To brackish water, to full salt water. Uh, they are generally found close to their main food source, which is intertidal algae. The sea slug has an obligated relationship with its algae for both nutrients and physical development. Ooh. So it takes on the algae it's consuming? Mm. So that's, that's what we thought for a long time. They have two main life stages. The juvenile stage, which is defined by the time before the slug begins feeding on this algae at the adult stage. The stage of development are distinguished based on the slug's metamorphosis and coloring. The slug starts as a Virgil larva, meaning that they are equipped with a shell and a you know they have a, a foot and everything used mm-hmm. for swimming, and they're obligated towards food. After metamorphosing into juveniles, the slugs are normally brown. Uh, they have some spots of red pigment on their back. They only undergo true metamorphosis into adult phase after being exposed and consuming a lot of a certain species of algae. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'll try the species of algae one time. <laughs> Vanna, Charia, Litroriidae. There you go. You guys got that? Just go ahead and Google that. 
Yeah, good luck. <laughs> At which time, its coloring and metamorphosis also changes. After the initial feeding on this specialized algae, uh, it starts getting chloroplasts obtained from the plants into specialized digestive tract. It preserves the chloroplasts, turning the slug from brown to a bright green. Most adults lose the red spots completely. The green color persists only as long as the slug is function- has functioning chloroplasts in its cells. When the chloroplast has exp- expired, the slug loses its bright green color and reverts to its gray color. Adult swimming range in size from 20 to 30 millimeters, but specimens up to 60 millimeters have also been documented. The eastern emerald uh, Elysia slug obtains its name from its adult structure. Elysia refers to the adult slug's leaf-like shape, which is like you said, the swimming piece of lettuce. It looks just like it. The metamorphosis and beneficial of both camouflage and allowing the slug to be more efficient at photosynthesis. Other members of the family are distinguished by their, uh, in addition to their, they have other bright colors. So what did I just say there? Um, these, uh, these slugs, we'll say, uh, eat algae, convert it using like chlor- chlorophyll and chloroplasts, basically the plant way of consuming it and using energy. These pour guys are the, huh? I'm pouring coffee. Oh, these guys are like a blend between plant and animal is basically what's going on here. Yes. They photosynthesize. Yes. Which is nuts. Yeah. They're extremely crazy. So up until relatively recently, we thought that they were, they were, because there's a lot of nudibranchs that actually do this. This isn't super uncommon as far as their family group goes. No. Oh, okay. Which uh, It's very uncommon in everything else though. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of too many plant crossover animals. Basically, what this is, it's a it's a mix of plant and animal. It's kind of nuts. Up until relatively recently, we thought they were eating this, pulling out the chloroplast and chlorophyll, and putting it in specialized cells in their body, yeah. trying to take care of it. And this has happened, like I said, in other animals. And uh, we now think that they're actually replicating. The algae, the chloroplast, and the chlorophyll. Ah. So they're actually stealing the DNA from the algae and replicate it themselves. So it's like a... Which is a completely different thing. Yeah. That's pretty That's freaky. a whole different level. That's pretty freaky. So after 20 years of studying, once again, this you know this slug was only discovered at like 01. Yeah. So after about 20 years of studying this slug, a biologist named Sidney Pierce recently discovered the traits of unpredicted in the animal kingdom. Sea creatures were able to not just steal chlorophyll, but produce it. Mm. The University of Southern Florida researcher unveils the discovery of the Seattle this last week's at the annual gathering of the Society of Integrative and Cognitive Biology. Great mm. place to be. It, um, I take your word for it. Pierce observed that the slugs acquired this photosynthesis, this photosynthetic DNA from their food sources, the algae. Uh, he spoke in the live science about the squishy, these squishy genetic bandits that eat and run. So, like, <laughs> the big difference is. That we thought, like, and that we talked about actually another nudibranch, uh, the blue sea dragon. Yeah. And that's what he does is, you know, he eats stinging cells. Right. Off of man and pushes them through their skin and he, you know, uses the, So that's what we thought was happening here with just a different group of life. Mm-hmm. And it's not. He's actually digesting it, taking the DNA and replicating it himself. Yeah, that's a little bit different. Yeah. It, it's it's incredible. Uh, but yeah, so these guys are neat. They're the only true... Chlora, uh, chlorophyll producing animal. Animal, yeah. That's which f- is a big spike towards stuff like uh, colonizing other planets and stuff like that. 
because the big thing is like animals have to find food and stuff. Right. Well, they can photosynthesize. There you go. Life finds a way. Life's a lot easier when you can photosynthesize right. and you can move. That's what the breathitarians are slowly doing too. That's why most of them turn green and die. No, um, I think they turn black. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. From all the rot. I sent you a, a little meme with the nudie brinks. Oh god. I just uh, when I was looking up pictures of them, it popped up, and I thought it was kind of funny. But it's basically two uh, nudie brinks. What is that? What they called? Yeah. No thanks. I'm, that's funny. It's, yeah. It's, well, maybe we'll post that on uh, Freaky Fauna. Yeah, if you remind me. Yeah. So basically, yeah, uh, this uh, the Sydney Pierce did all this work. Uh, it's it's truly amazing that these guys are doing this. As long as they shine at least twelve hours of light on them, they can survive without any food. Oh, that's nuts. That's pretty awesome. It's a it's an actual living plant. If you had an aquarium, a salt, is he saltwater? I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, like I said, can they do both or no? The, I I said if you paid attention earlier. What they are out of all the sea slugs, the one that can handle the most fresh water. Most fr- okay okay. They are still saltwater animals. They need salinity, but as far as they can be, oh, like found in creeks and stuff like that, mm. they have a little bit of tide flow. We should get some. I think we can. I think we can have them in captivity. I think you can. A lot of nudibranchs are kept in captivity, so it's like it's very specialized. Because you can't keep them with a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Because a lot of other stuff eat will them. eat them. Yeah. And they'll eat a lot of other stuff. Well, who wouldn't want a big, juicy piece of lettuce, you know? Yeah. You'd have to have an algae-rich tank. Oh, we could do that. It's not hard. Not hard. <laughs> not at all. Oh, no. These are neat. Yeah, these are cool little guys. I thought it'd be I thought it'd be neat. I encourage uh, looking up a photo of them for anyone listening. You just, just check them out. Nudibranchs are a weird group. I can't believe we haven't done more sea slugs. Well, on I mean... <laughs> We we don't want to be flooded with sea slugs. But they are the some of the freakiest fauna. They are deep. They've taken some of the craziest shapes. Like we haven't even talked about the giant sea slug or anything like that. No, and there's other ones too. Uh, oh, the one I showed you a picture of. You're like, oh yeah, that's this and this. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now there's like the woolly sheep sea slug. Uh huh. That's another photosynthesizing sea slug. But that one, as far as we know right now, does eat algae and put, you know, has specialized. That's why it Stores looks like it has them. mohawk. Oh, uh, okay. So it has these groups of cells that are basically empty that uses to house the algae. But there's like the ironclad snail we've talked about right. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. These mollusks have taken on crazy, crazy types of, you know, life. Life finds a way. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, the ocean, like nudibranchs can be very fast predators. They can be, you know, open ocean swimmers. Uh, I mean, there's... Like I said, the blue sea dragon is literally eating some of those venomous animals on the planet and right. using their venom. Which is insane. If you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen. Yeah, and once again, pretty in nature, especially the ocean, if it's pretty, don't touch it. That's a good uh, philosophy to live life by, especially if you're living in the ocean. If you're anywhere near the ocean, like you go to the beach and you're like, well, that thing's really pretty. Don't touch don't it. Don't touch it. Safe. That's safe practice to live by. I was watching a guy. I know this one's a little shorter. There's not a lot on these guys. Like I said, they're relatively new discovery, and we're just still finding out some amazing stuff about them. And but the d- fact that they can replicate DNA from a different, not a different animal, a different, a whole different kingdom of life. Yeah. Not they, even kingdom. Yeah. Beyond that. Yeah. A whole different. No, you're right. Kingdom. It is. Okay. It's the plant kingdom versus the animal kingdom. Okay. True. But yeah, a whole different kingdom they can replicate DNA from. And then use it in their own bodies is truly amazing. It is nuts. They're like little crispers. I mean, even I think even more so. See, nature can already do it. We don't need this fancy schmancy technology to ruin 
life on Earth as we Who know it. Who says there's not inside the Christmas machines a big sea slug? It might just be all it is. It's just a big sea slug. Just sort You give it samples and then it kicks you out a little vial. They mixed it with uh, fungus DNA and, mm-hmm. and now it's it can It's actually a mushroom and... sitting on top of a sea slug head yep. Yep. Running, the, running the show. Just, yep, exactly. Easy technology. Oh, what did I say? Yes, there was this Australian guy that's kind of wild that I follow on Instagram. And he goes through and like stonefish or like someplace in Australia and they're super deadly. Mm. Like you get stung by a stonefish, it's not good. No, it's ba- it's very painful, ain't it? Yeah, and it's it's a sucky way to die. It's like yeah. getting bit by a blue-ring octopus, which is another sucky way to die. And taipans, which were the most deadly snake on the planet. <sighs> but so he was he found a blue-ring octopus in a tide pool. Literally in the background, you could see hundreds of kids on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> not good. And he's like, almost oh, it's like it's tourist kids you got to worry about. Most of our kids know. Yeah, you don't mess with spiders. You don't mess with anything in the ocean. Yeah. And you don't go near the rocks. So you swim on the, the sandy part of the beach. He went over towards the rock, the tide pools areas. Gotcha. So most of the, pe- most of the natives know not to go over there. Yeah. And, that, you know, or if you do, you watch your step and everything like that because that's where the stonefish live. That's where. But he's, like, trying to, like, he has, like, this little card or a little piece of plastic he's trying to get the blue ring octopus on to take a picture of. Yeah. And as he's doing it, it shoots up his hand. The octopus? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. And he's like, ah! And, and he's like, all right, well, we're not getting a picture of this one. Yeah, we're le- let's leave. And he's like, normally they're really, really docile. Yeah. But this one was like jumping at him and stuff like that. Just wanted to play. You know, it had a, I'm guessing it had a rough day. It hasn't caught a crab in a couple days. Oh, so it's going to just angry. Yeah. And then this guy's like poking it with his white card. Yeah. Because they're one of the few octopus. They can change colors. They just don't. Okay. Because they don't care. Yeah. Huh. Once again, in nature. If something's really pretty, don't touch it. And it's acting like uh, like I don't know if we've ever done them on the show, but rough skin newts are another one that they don't they don't care. Yeah, they don't care what season, they don't care who's around them because they're so incredibly toxic. You Not- messing that with them is a death sentence for you. Mm-hmm. And they know it. And they know it. Yeah. And that's why I like they're fun in captivity because of that. You know, they're always out and showing themselves. As far Strutting as, and yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh, I remember when we had them. That's the species I miss keeping because they were always hand. You could hand feed them. They'd come right over to you, and they were always real. Like personable and show offy. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I wouldn't have them now with kids. Neat. It's nature. Because uh, one of them can kill three blue whales. So yeah, let's not have that around a, a child that doesn't know any better. Yeah, because they will. I mean, I used to chew on my grandma's tortoise, let alone see what I mean. And that's what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You got some tur- turtle neurotoxin. So I hope you guys enjoyed this powerful and strange episode. Ah, oh, yes. I have been the great and strange mystery, and I've been Jay. What's your words of weekend wisdom? Um, this weekend, uh, it's getting cold. It is getting it cold. Depends on where you're living. So if you're if you're out of town, you know you got your little rural setting or something, you know, have a fire and invite some friends over. It's a little cold for that. That's what the fire's for. You just have a nice fire outside and get a little wind barrier set up. Just enjoy the fresh, cold air. Your body needs it. That's all. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Freaky Fat on a Friday. If you want to help the podcast grow, remember to share and give it a five-star review.